Welcome to the Daily Boogie. And welcome. Welcome to another week, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, man, beast, or other. It's Monday night here on the Daily Boogie. Thank you so much for joining us. A new week, a new shit show. Hope you've got yourself a beverage, hope you're ready to settle in. Because shit's about to get evil. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host for the next hour or so. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday night, beginning of a brand new week here on the show. So much to get through. Tonight we are going to discuss the, the news that is spreading like wildfire across the interwebs. So you may have already seen it. You may not. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I wanted to watch it with you together. Of course, I'm talking about the one of the only people that's actually doing real undercover journalism anymore, that being James O'Keefe and the good people down at Project Veritas. James O'Keefe, a disciple of the late, great Andrew Breitbart, has had his people implanted deep into Google, Twitter, Facebook, various other organisations, and today released a video which is setting the internet on fire so we will watch it together Uh, if you've seen it already then you may want to skip over this show to be fair you would join 99.9999% of the internet community if you wanted to skip over this show (laughs) so I'm not going to take it personally but uh, if you haven't seen it let's watch it together shall we and it should be illuminating to see what the fuck is going on down there at Google HQ. So we'll get to that. Uh, I also want to skip over to Britain. A story breaking over there in the last couple of hours. Well, the last couple of days, pardon me. About uh, a, a Tory MP being stood down for escorting a protester out of a function. So we will discuss that as well. And the broader concepts around entitlement stuff. I just want to give a quick tip of the hat before we get too far down the line. My good friend Kimmy Jong-un... Well done. Her, she debuted her show just before mine, having a chat with the lovely Eva B, Eva Babella, and just a you know a casual, nice, calm conversation. Something that you don't get often. I was actually put off that they weren't threatening anybody, that they weren't insulting anybody. Um, I really feel like the conversation was lacking in the kind of dopamine that I've become accustomed to on the internet. So next time. There better be some violence, drugs, insults, or porn. Otherwise, I'm probably going to lose interest. No, just kidding. Fantastic job, Kimmy. Sounding fantastic. Looking amazing. Well done to you and your guest. On your debut flight, you did not crash into the mountain like you thought you would. You did not crash into the ravine in a fiery mess like you suspected that you might. You actually landed safely. Oh, Crystal, thanks for joining us. 
Project Veritas donations are tax deductible, so you all know. I actually never understood. Sorry to get off track. It's Monday. Fuck it. Why not? On our new revised schedule. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you want to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to give me a tax-free donation. Wait, I can't say that, can I? Ooh, legal issues. <laughs> Let's just put it. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so by following at boogie bumper. I never understood why donations are tax-free. Like, hey, you can get that refunded. I've never claimed a donation back at tax time. Because I'm kind of like, doesn't that defeat the purpose of giving the donation in the first place if the government is giving it back to me? I never understood that. Donations shouldn't be tax-free. You should not get your tax back at the end of the year for the donations that you've given. That's, where's the generosity in that? <laughs> I don't understand so that the rest of the taxpayers are still fronting up and footing the bill for your generosity. I don't get it. But anyway, uh, you may as well, uh, you know what? You're mad if you don't take advantage of it because everybody else is always screwing the system anyway constantly. So you may as well get involved too. You know what they say? It's only a rort if you're not in on it. So Project Veritas donations tax-free. I've been reliably informed by the lovely Crystal in the chat. So let's get into it tonight. Before we check out the Project Veritas video, let's head over to the UK, shall we? I want to show you this. Mark Field, minister suspended after grabbing protester by the neck. The environmental activist says she was left shaken up at what happened and points out no one else reacted in that way. And there's a still photo. And this guy's the politician on the left, obviously. Foreign Office Minister Mark Field has been suspended from his post after he was filmed forcefully grabbing a climate change protester who gate-crashed a black tie dinner. So, uninvited, gate-crashing. And can I just say this too? I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of the black tie events, you know what I mean? I, like most of you, think a bunch of wealthy snobs sitting around drinking expensive champagne, eating caviar discussing how they're going to fuck our lives at a government level, that doesn't appeal to me either. But by the same token, I don't think that I naturally have a right to kick down the door of these events, go in and start fucking with the people in there. You know what I mean? A little bit of courtesy. A spokesperson for Prime Minister Theresa May said she had seen the footage of the incident and found it very concerning. Oh, Theresa May's very concerned about this. There's, there's a lot of things that Theresa May should be concerned about. Uh, green, green climate change activists being escorted out of black tie dinners should not be high up on the priorities list. But of course, we're dealing in a time and age, especially in Britain, where politicians are ruled by the outrage cycle that is perpetrated and propagated by social media and the corporate press. The corporate media says jump. The politicians say how high. But we're all hopeful that's starting to change, aren't we? The Tory MP was facing calls to be sacked following the confrontation in which he is seen to physically frog march the female protester from the event at London's Mansion House with Labour branding the video horrific. It's horrific. <laughs> Horrifying. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 
So I thought, well, now I've, I have to see this horrifying video. I have to see this very concerning, horrific footage for myself. Let's take a little look, shall we? Just a scintilla of uncertainty as to what... Yes. Oh, yes. It's, excuse me, Lord Cobblepot. It appears we have some mentally deranged people entering the Grand Hall from the back door if you would like to momentarily pause your speech whilst we deal with these peasants. Thank you, sir. For me too, there is... Here they come. Just... Charging their way in. <laughs> Charging their way in. Uninvited. I'm sorry, darling. You're not on the list. When did entitlement get to the point where these protesters, because they're going to say, oh, this is a peaceful protest. I have a right to protest. Storming an invite-only gala event and screaming at people, that's not a peaceful protest. You realise that, right? You are going into a space where you ought not be and giving the middle finger to everybody there. You're a nuisance. Something we've talked about on this show before. The point of protesting and these kinds of actions in the past was to get a whole bunch of people to agree with you, to gain momentum for your particular agenda. How is this helping? How is this helping? You look like lunatics. You look like fools. She's got a little script there. Okay, so here she comes. Now, this one has found a way to flank around the back of the event. Whilst the security are dealing with the main push, it's very tactical stuff here, art of war shit from these protesters. While the security guard is dealing with the main thrust, the main phalanx of the protest near the front door, uh, this slippery little individual has found her way a sideway around the back of the tables, and this is where the magic happens. She tries to get around. Oh, there he goes. Oh, there he goes. He gets up. He pushes her against the column. You're not walking around the back of my chair. <laughs> of course, of course, we now live in a time and age where this clearly represents misogyny, violence against women, horrifying footage. This is the horrifying footage. I'll let it play out. Out you go. Out you go, darling. There's a good pause right there. Out you go, sweetheart. Is this horrifying footage to you? Out you go. See you later. It's a peaceful protest. It's a, it's only a peaceful protest. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm only here because I love the trees and I love the animals. What's the matter with you? You're going over the top, mate. It's a, it's a peaceful protest. What's the problem? You get all dressed up in your nice little protest dress, your best red, your best communist red, comrade, and you storm down to the black tie event, the gala event. You try to get around the back of the... Because you're just being an ass, right? You're being a pain in the ass, which is fine. You can be a pain in the ass. But we now 
are existing in a time and age where people think they have a God-given right to do this to other people, to fuck with other people. And of course, all of the media, all of the reporting and all of the commentary says nothing about what these people did in the first place. That they instigated, that they forced their way into an event which they were not invited to for the sole purpose of fucking it up for the people who were there. They stormed in through closed doors, past security guards, and then one guy, while everybody else is sitting there gawking, going, oh, uh oh, -huh. one guy says, you know what, I'm not fucking having this, gets up, <laughs> grabs her and walks her out like a petulant child. Like you would walk a petulant child out of the kitchen when you see them, when you catch them with their hand in the cookie jar. He's like, all right, miss, out you go. That's enough of that. See you later. You shouldn't even be here. Fuck off now. Thank you very much. See you later. But it's a peaceful protest. It's not fair. I'm only here because I love the trees, you know. It's a peaceful bloody protest. Fuck off. <laughs> See, this is the other thing too. If I was doing something like this, I would expect to be tackled by security and dragged out because I'm a guy. You know what I mean? No, I'm not trying to sound sexist, but let's be honest here. The same rules do not apply. If a guy runs in there, runs around the back of these people sitting there, he doesn't just get, you know, very lightly manhandled and walked out of the place. And, and he doesn't receive an apology from the fucking government after it happens. He gets tackled to the ground and dragged out by his neck. And the very same people who are saying, this is horrifying. This is horrific. It's a peaceful protest. The very same people would be saying, well, it's about time we stand up to these bastards trying to storm their way in here. You know what I mean? If this was a Labor MP doing the exact same thing to a guy, he would be, he would be hailed as a hero for taking care of those nasty right-wing agitators, right? Everybody can see through this garbage now. Out she goes. So long. Farewell. Alfidas and good night. Adieu to you. And you and you and you. I love the slow mo. I love the slow mo. What are you doing? It's a peaceful protest. Word spider in the chat. Equal rights for ladies. Sweep the leg. <laughs> you just don't understand. It's not fair. The planet is dying. Mother Earth needs us. You don't understand. Listen to me. Listen to me. Climate change is going to kill us all. Don't you even care? Don't you even care? It's a peaceful protest. This way, please. Is it a climate emergency, Mr. Howard? This way, please. 
You made your point. Yes, you look like a tit. Point made. Well done. So this is the lady who got frog-marched out of the event, giving an interview to uh, BBC, of course. Because she's the hero now. She's the hero. She was innocent. She's an innocent party in all of this. Let's see what she's got to say for herself. Different roles, um, and the aim was to get our message across that we're in this climate emergency. We can't continue as we're... Our aim was to get our message across we're in this climate emergency... We can't continue. You know what? I don't give a fuck what your aim is. I couldn't give a fuck what your aim is. Fuck you. Fuck you and your little LARPing little fucking protest. Fuck you getting your little face on the news. Fuck you storming into these, you know, places where you ought not be, where you are uninvited because you think you've got the, you have to do it. Oh, I'm a fucking climate warrior. You are an entitled piece of postmodern garbage. You are not saving the earth. You are not getting your message across. You are not saving anybody from anything. You are not a nice person. You are a pest. You are a pest for society. An unproductive pest. You walk around with your chest out, your high and mighty self-righteous candor, thinking you can do no wrong, everything you do is right. You storm into places where you ought not be, you run past security, you think you're on a grand climate warrior campaign, and then somebody there finally does something what somebody should have done to you years ago, and that is grab you by the back of the neck and kick you the fuck out of a place where they don't want you. Sorry, we don't want you here. We don't care about your shitty little protest. Get the fuck out in the street. Next thing you know, these people end up on the news. Politicians are apologising. People are saying it's horrifying and horrific. And we put these people up on pedestals. Oh, bravo. She's so brave. She's so brave and passionate. It's so fucking inspiring. This will be played to children in high schools around the UK now today. See, you see, children, this is what it takes to stand up to the, to the capitalist superstructure. This is what it's going to take if we're all going to work together to combat climate change. This is the way it's going to have to be. It's a peaceful protest. Go in with business as usual, investing in fossil fuels. So uh, one group of us um, was to the, to the left-hand side of the, the room, but they were intending to, to get... Listen, listen, it's a fucking memoir. It'll be a book. It'll be a book by this time next year. What actually really happened? A bunch of self-righteous, self-entitled, LARPing protest wannabes who wouldn't be worth a pinch of shit compared to the comrades and the activists of the 60s and 70s, mind you. Right, this is the other thing. This is when this is now like a big, a big event. Oh, storming a gala dinner? I remember when the comrades used to put up war, put on war paint and, you know, blow things up. Do you remember that? Back in the day, the real comrades would laugh at you, girlfriend. You should be home making sandwiches for the real militants. Not out here pretending to be an effectual person. But anyway, putting that to one side. It's now a memoir. 
oh, well, you know, we were just fighting for climate change and we all decided to get dressed up and then head down there. And I went round the left of the security and then this person said something to me. Who gives a fuck? What really happened, you and your salon buddies decided to play dress-ups and walk into a, a gala dinner where you had no invite. That's what happened. That's essentially all that happened. That's all you did. And if that politician didn't correctly correctly stand up and walk you out of there nobody would have fucking known that you were even there nobody would care you're not important you're not special you're not a hero to the fence and to deliver our own message our own um, message to stop digging up fossil fuels um, right. my role was then to issue out the speech itself to the guests <laughs> um, nobody um, asked you for a speech you weren't in my role was to issue out the speech to the guests who invited you to give a fucking speech? Again, if you want to stand on a street corner and give a speech, fine. Nobody cares. Well, it was my role because of the climate and because of the earth and the fossil fuels. It was my job to go in there and give a speech to the guests. No, it wasn't. Who hired you to deliver a speech to this dinner? Fucking nobody. This was not your job. Just because you say it's your job doesn't mean it's your job. Like, if I go down to the local supermarket and start packing the shelves, somebody's going to come up to me and say, what the hell are you doing? And I'm going to say, well, it's my job to come in here and make sure that all the Wheaties are in the right place and make sure the Pepsi's on the shelf. They're going to say, you don't fucking work here. Get the fuck out. Stop touching our stock. <laughs> That's what they'll say. They're not going to say I'm a hero. They're not going to agree with me. Actually, somebody will probably grab me by the neck and walk me the fuck out of there. Just walking around in the back dock somewhere. Counting stock. Who the fuck are you? Oh, it's my job to count a stock. It's my job to issue the stock numbers to the management. You don't even have a name badge. Who the fuck are you? Where's your invite, sir? <laughs> right? <laughs> We were to just stand there, dignified, listening to the speech. Dignified. Peaceful. They were, did you hear that? They were supposed to listen to the speech. Listen to this level of entitlement. Uninvited, unwanted. It was my job to go in to this event where I was not invited and not wanted and deliver a speech and they were supposed to listen. Do you fucking believe it? <laughs> they were supposed to listen to my dignified speech. Um, and then after the speech was read, the yep. idea was that we were just going to leave. Oh, yes, of course you were, darling. Yeah. Yeah, look, she's she's obviously lying. Oh, and then after the speech was read, we were all just going to walk out and leave and then go have a fucking shandy down at the pig's whistle. <laughs> We were all going to go to the pig shit in after it was all done and celebrate with a nice little bit of Chardonnay. Bit of Chardonnay and some hors d'oeuvres, mate. We're just going to walk out of there. <laughs> Fuck off. Back resistance. Um, yes, oh. but not to the extent which I received it. I expected to oh. maybe engage in a conversation or two with people. <laughs> it's not a mixer. You know, it's not a fucking mix. It's not a meet and greet. She's the, the person asked, did you expect resistance? Yes, but not the level that I received. I thought I'd get down there and maybe get into a conversation or two. Yeah, you know what conversation you'd be having? Who the fuck are you and why are you here? 
well, I'm here. I just want to have a little chat. I just want to give a speech about climate change. And the guy's like looking at his clipboard going, hey, John, come over here. Can you see this fucking idiot's name on this list? Hey, who, who are you fucking talking to, darling? Who you want to have a chat with? Oh, I just thought I'd walk in there and have a little conversation with people. <laughs> fucking unbelievable. Why, why don't these people get questioned when they're being interviewed? See, my question would be, I'm sorry, why did you think that you could walk into a private dinner, storm past security guards, and think that you're entitled to give a speech and then just mix around and have a conversation with people when you shouldn't even be there? Why did you think that would be the case? But they never ask. They love this shit. They want to promote this stuff. She's saving the earth. This is Captain fucking Planet over here. People blocking my way. Oh. But certainly not to be grabbed around the neck and grabbed oh. out of the room. No, I didn't I didn't expect to be kicked out of a gala event that I wasn't invited to. I did, that that possibility never entered my mind. <laughs> Tell you what. Next time there's like a big movie premiere or something or a gala event in your neck of the woods or some kind of fancy black tie dinner, try. let's do a little experiment. Why don't you just head down there? You're not on the list. Just walk past security guards. And then when you get uh, dragged out of there for not being welcomed and not being invited and have no purpose being there, no place there, just explain to the security guards calmly or the BBC who will no doubt interview you after this event takes place. And just explain to them calmly that you didn't expect to be kicked out. <laughs> These people have an entitlement issue. They think that the world belongs to them. They can go into whichever room they please, say whatever they please, give little speeches, talk to whomever they want because they're so self-righteous. Their head is so far up their own ass. They are drunk sniffing their own farts that they think that there should be no consequences for anything that they do. Because they're the good guys. Speaking of which, Google exec in Project Veritas Sting says only big tech can stop the next Trump situation. Uh, I actually went looking. This is from the Washington Examiner. I went looking for this story in the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN... MSNBC, Huffington Post. You'd be amazed. I couldn't find any reference to it anywhere. Oh, what? Say it ain't so. Yeah. Unfortunately. You know this big Project Veritas thing that's happening on the internet? You know, all this, this thing that all these people are talking about? You know, I can't find it anywhere in the Washington Post and New York Times. Really? Really? Well, I'm sure it must be some kind of editorial mistake. Oh, I'm sure. Obviously. Obviously, just some kind of oversight. I mean, such such huge news on the internet. I mean, they'll write 10, 10 articles a day about what certain celebrities are tweeting about. Surely this would get a mention. You would think so, wouldn't you? You would definitely think so. Definitely think so. A Project Veritas undercover video release Monday shows Jen Ganai, head of Google's Responsible Innovation Team, which seeks to ensure fair and ethical outcomes via artificial intelligence, disputing Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren's antitrust push. So, we haven't seen it yet. Let's watch it together, shall we? Let's check out what the good people at Project Veritas have been up to. 
I probably won't get through the whole thing, but I will put the link to this video in the show notes of the podcast. So uh, after the show, when the when the podcast is uploaded, click on, just go to my timeline, look for the Podbean link. And if you click on that, you'll have all the links that we use during every single show right there for your for your pleasure. The reason why I decided to come to Project Veritas is because um, people need to know what's actually going on with Google. There's this facade about what they're doing, but what they're actually doing, what the employees are actually seeing inside the company is different. But the reason we launched our AI principles because I'm sure we'll see more from that lady as we go on, but again, this entitlement, everybody needs to change to suit me, right? Everybody needs to change their perception, their outlook, their definition in order to suit my worldview. No, this is live debates. We don't do pre-records here. So everybody needs to change to suit my worldview. Say the lady just there, she said, the people who voted for Donald Trump don't agree with our definition of fairness. Who the fuck, why the fuck are you the one to decide what's fair and unfair? Don't you think that, uh, you know, creating your own definitions of words and then applying it to other people and demanding other people come to you and agree with your definition. Isn't that a little unfair? <laughs> right? Oh, no, of course not. They're not objective piece. They're not an objective source of information. But then there are teams. Uh, it's about ML fairness. ML fairness, the teams. Fairness. Like, yeah. You know, you need to be fair. We're also training our algorithms. Like, if 2016 happened again, They are a highly biased political machine um, that is bent on never letting somebody like Donald Trump come to power again. I, I just have to say it too. Um, for once, I would like to see... Do you remember a few weeks ago, somebody came in here and accused me of using a voice modulator? Do you remember that? And I was insulted because, you know, I was like, I'm like, I've spent all this money on fucking microphones and mixing desks and compressors and sound gates and stuff. And you think it's a robot? Like, come on, man. <laughs> no, but seriously. Would, would the show be more interesting if I sounded like this? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Daily Boogie podcast. Tonight, we have a tremendous lineup of things to go over. Get yourself a drink. Get yourself a snack. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Wouldn't that be tremendous? So for once, I would like to see a voice modulator actually put like a happy tinge on it. Why does it have to be so bassy? Why does it have to be so down and dark and low and scary? Like, why can't they put like a pixie? voice modulation on some of these people. Yes, we got to be very careful of Google. Google are doing horrible things, horrible things. Like the itchy and scratchy filter. Google is a very biased company. They never talk about what they're doing in the real world. We all need to be careful. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be, mu wouldn't that be more fun? 
Sorry. Tony is certainly on top of now my old organization, Trust and Safety, is top of mind. They've been working on it since 2016 to make sure we're ready for 2020. This is a Goliath, I'm but of David. To say that the emperor has no clothes. He got called in front of Congress multiple times. They can pressure us, but not changing. Wow. We got hauled in front of Congress multiple times. They can pressure us, but we're not changing. We are training our algorithms to make sure that a Donald Trump situation doesn't happen again in 2020. Is Google the biggest company in the world? If not, I think it's one of the top three. Person after person after person sitting down in Congress in front of the Senate. No, there's there's no meddling. We're not meddling in the elections. We're not doing anything to our algorithm to ensure certain things come up to the top. We're not focused on politics at all. You know, here at Google, we, we are bipartisan. We don't, we don't choose sides. <laughs> what a ridiculous notion, Congressman. There's no, there's no censorship. There's no political bias of any kind here at Google. Why, you must be a complete madman. Being a small little ant, I can be crushed, and I'm aware of that. But this is something that is bigger than me. This is something that needs to be said to the American public. What? Wow. See, you can't break up Google because if you break up Google, then we won't be able to stop Donald Trump. <laughs> does it does it does it get any more black and white than that? Oh, no. See, if you break up, it's very misguided from Elizabeth Warren. I love her, but she's a little misguided. You don't want to break up Google. You need to leave us exactly where we are, because if you break us up, then we're not going to have all the resources we need to prevent a Donald Trump situation. Game, set, match at that point, isn't it? Remember, this is the head of responsible innovation. These people think they're being responsible. Let that sink in. Oh, we're the responsible, we're the good people. We're the responsible people applying fairness. You can't break up our company. It'll be much more difficult for us to choose who the president is if you break up our company. Like a small company. And it's like... This year, a Facebook insider exposed de-boosting of conservatives on Facebook. That insider inspired someone at Pinterest to come to Project Veritas with his story. Last week, we... Hello there! I'm from Pinterest! Nice to meet you! <laughs> we released a report from the Pinterest insider Eric Cochran, detailing censorship Cochran. of pro-life and Christian content. The tech companies can't fight us all. Today, we bring you a Google insider, a brave man who came forward and brought us a story that will scare you. I think sunlight is the best disinfectant and people need to start asking questions. A couple weeks before the Google insider came forward. Great point in the chat from Wordsmiter. It sounds like a bribe. 
sounds like we'll fix this for the Dems if you don't break this up. Very much so. It very it does, so doesn't it? I love Elizabeth Warren, but she's a little misguided. Liz, don't you see that we're going to prevent the opposition from winning? Don't you see don't you see that we're on the same side? You know, Elizabeth Warren is a sweet girl, but she's a little misguided. I mean, change change the um flinty Irish voice for a man's voice, and then all of a sudden it sounds a lot more sinister, doesn't it? You know, I love Elizabeth Warren, but she's a little misguided. She wants to break us up, and I'm afraid that's not the correct thing to do. You see, Ms. Warren, if you break us up, then we won't have the ability to stop Donald Trump from happening again. You understand that now, don't you? <laughs> you get what I'm putting down, Liz? Project Veritas secretly recorded with Jen Janai, a Google executive. Janai talks about making sure when people search for things through machine learning algorithms, Google's political agenda is always present. We all got screwed over in 2016. Again, it wasn't just the it was like the people got screwed over. We all got screwed over in 2016. Again, this is the, a running theme of tonight's show, the entitlement, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't just us. It was the people got screwed over. The news media got screwed over. Oh, fucking my heart bleeds. Tears are streaming down my face right now. The news media got screwed over. Oh, how awful. How awful. The news media got screwed over, like, everybody got screwed over, so now we're rocking again, like, what happened there? How do we prevent it from happening again? Everyone was like, what happened there, and how do we prevent it from happening again? How do we prevent it from happening again? Google storming into the black tie event and trying to deliver a speech to people that don't want to hear it. And they're going to force their way in anyway. Right after Donald Trump won the election in 2016, the company did a complete 180 in uh, what they thought was important. Before, they thought self-expression and giving everyone a voice was important. But uh, now they're like, hey, there's a lot of hate. And because of there's a lot of hate, misogyny, and racism, hate. that's the reason why Donald Trump got elected. And so we need to uh, fix that. And we need to start policing our users because we don't like to have an outcome uh, like that. We don't want to have an outcome like that to happen again. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk a little about that. Um, so um, tell me more about what you observed at these meetings right after Trump was elected. Who said it? What was said exactly? So the... The things that changed was that the TJFs, they started talking about the need to combat hate and racism online. And also um, at YouTube, they had the same like talks by the CEO, Susan. Um, and they, they, they talked about combating that and getting rid of unfairness. And so getting rid of unfairness. <laughs> I remember in the lead up to the 2016 uh, election, ladies and gentlemen, and you know, put your hand up if you remember this too. I remember distinctly a number of people from Silicon Valley and whatnot, uh, you know, online liberal influencers and shit like that, uh, bemoaning the fact that the right had captured YouTube, essentially. Do you remember that? They said, YouTube is gone. 
Uh, it's owned by the right wing. We can't get any foothold there. The right dominates YouTube. It's a problem. It's an issue. Do you remember that? Before and during the election in 2016? Now look at what you've had. Uh, you've got demonetization, which is taking place rampantly, and you've had uh, a number of, you know, the top, what you, what you would call influencers on YouTube just permanently banned. Uh, la- late last week, YouTube actually banned the accounts of Harrison Smith, Owen Schroyer, and Millie Weaver because they work for Alex Jones. Not because they are Alex Jones, not because they say things that Alex Jones says, but because they work for him, which is a whole new level of suppression, a whole different level of overt, you know, tyrannous behavior from these unelected corporate behemoths. See, this is the thing. They bemoan the fact that people voted for Donald Trump whilst ignoring the fact that nobody voted for them. Nobody voted for Google. Nobody voted to put you in charge of patrolling people's patrolling the election. Nobody made you the kingmaker here. You are outside of your jurisdiction, comrade. So slowly they started introducing uh, the concept of uh, machine learning fairness. Jen Janai is the head of responsible innovation at Google Global Affairs. She determines policy and ethics for machine learning or artificial intelligence. Oh, goody. What we've learned is that AI is increasingly what Google Search is all about. The reason we launched our AI principles is because people were not putting that line in the sun. They were not saying what is fair and what's equal. So we're like, well, we are a big company. We're going to say it. Where my definition of fairness and bias specifically talks about uh, historically marginalized groups. My definition of fairness and bias specifically talks about historically marginalized communities. My definition of fairness and bias. See, her definition of fairness and bias, it's fairness only applies to certain people. Which, I mean, you don't have to be fucking Aristotle here, right? You don't have to be Plato to see the law, uh, the, the flaws in this logic. People, I think, in this day and age are generally speaking, you know, philosophically illiterate to begin with. But when you have philosophically illiterate uh, people getting into these positions and then applying their own philosophically illiterate philosophy in very, very powerful positions that have a lot of influence and sway over large swaths of the population then we are in deep trouble. My definition of fairness specifically talks about historically marginalised communities. So in her world, fairness only applies to certain groups of people, which anybody, you know, a somebody sitting down for their first philosophy class in university could tell you that by definition that is unfair. <laughs> if you only apply the, the, the concept of fairness to certain groups of people, then you are being unfair. But in her world, which is free from these kinds of philosophical underpinnings that used to govern people with power for a long time in human society in the Western world, in her world, that's perfectly fine. That's double think. Being able to hold two, uh, you know, two uh, simultaneously clashing propositions at the same time, right? 
I'm being fair by being unfair. Our definition of fairness is one of those things that we thought would be like obvious. <laughs> it's like so obvious. It's like so obviously fair to say that fairness only applies to certain groups of people and not others. Like, and we thought everyone would agree. Like, imagine the fucking disconnect. I'm only being fair to certain groups of people, and I thought all people would agree with that, even the ones I'm being unfair to. While she sits down for a little fucking chicken dinner at the bar. At the bar. Well, you know, so my definition of fairness is, like, only be fair to certain groups of people and not others, and I don't understand why everybody just doesn't agree with that. So, you know, when what do you do when you work at Google and you're in control of being, you know, deciding what's fair and unfair when a whole group of people don't agree with your definition of fairness? You say, fuck it, and you ban them. <laughs> like there are the same people who voted for the current president do not agree with our definition of fairness. Uh, fairness is a dog whistle. It does not mean what you think that it means. And you it seldom does. Uh, these corporations and governments, anybody who's had any experience in the world of PR knows that words that come out of these organisations and come out of the mouths of politicians seldom mean what they're supposed to mean. You know, the classic one that we've discussed many times before, but we'll repeat it again, uh, substitute problems for challenges because problems, a problem is, uh, a, a problem is, you know, a challenge is optimistic and a problem is pessimistic, right? So people want to overcome challenges. So that's why you never hear politicians talk about problems because that's pessimistic. People have problems, people overcome challenges. So they just say challenges instead. Fairness. I think it was Scott Adams who said something along the lines of fairness was invented by morons so they could feel so they could debate with smart people, something like that. <laughs> you have to apply double think in order to understand what they're really there it is. saying. And what they're really saying about fairness is that they have to manipulate their search results so that it gives them their political agenda that they want. And so they have to rebias their algorithms so that they can, window dressing. Uh, they can get their Terry, agenda exactly. across. You know, to unpack everything that she's saying, saying that she wants to be, she wants the algorithm to be fair to a, a, a hand-picked representative of that community means that what she's trying to do is she's trying to sell you a product that is not objectionable. What she's trying to do is she's trying to sell a product that's not objective, that doesn't represent the will of its users, but instead represents the will of a, of a, of a group of people making decisions behind the shadows. So what did you find inside Google that was related to this idea of fairness? What I found at Google related to fairness was a machine learning algorithm called ML fairness, ML standing for machine learning. And fairness, meaning whatever it is that they want to define as fair. You could actually think of fairness as... ML fairness, machine learning fairness, algorithmic unfairness, ladies and gentlemen, means unjust or prejudicial treatment of people that is related to sensitive characteristics. 
through algorithms, uh, algorithmic systems or algorithmically aided decision making. This is why I've been saying to people for a long time, if you look at the people I follow on Twitter, you would have no idea what side of the spectrum I'm on. Most of the time, if you just tune into this show and listen to five minutes or 10 minutes of what I'm saying, you still wouldn't have any idea of what side of the ideological spectrum I'm on. Oftentimes, I'm somebody that gets accused of being too conservative by lefties and too lefty by conservatives. And that's the way I like it. I'll retweet left-wing articles. Right? If I think that there's something in there specifically that I think people should pay attention to. You won't see me going on somebody's timeline calling a libtard, you libtard snowflake motherfucker. That's a waste of time for me. I don't care if other people do it. Do what you want. But that's a complete waste of time. I've never had a Twitter ban. And it's not because I agree with what they're doing. It's not because I think that they're doing the right thing. Obviously, clearly, that's not true if you listen to, again, five minutes of this show. But this is the way that these systems learn. They learn how to pigeonhole you. Who you follow, what you comment on, what you download. Because I tell you, if you want to have a little fun, you should always have two um, tabs open on your browser at all times. One, the Bible, and two, tranny porn. (laughs) It's like, figure that out. Figure that out, Google. Where am I? Huh? Huh? (laughs) No, don't do that. Don't do that, especially if you're at work. But it's worth, you know, thinking about, right? And the other thing, too, is uh, try to deploy a little bit of sarcasm. Yes, be vague, be ambiguous. Don't be easily identified. Don't be easily pigeonholed. Now, sometimes it's unavoidable, but sometimes it's very avoidable. And you, because why? Because the fundamental thing here is to consider you don't ever want to give your opponent what they want. If you're engaged in some kind of, you know, to and fro, never give your opponent what they want. So if your opponent wants to easily identify and ban people that they agree with, then make it difficult for them to identify. Agree with them. Agree with them sarcastically. If someone puts a tweet out that says, you know, free speech is awful and all of these people need to be banned off the internet, I'll retweet it and quote it and say, a tremendous idea, comrade. Be be gone, all the people we disagree with, right? You know? <laughs> because I, just by throwing the word comrade in there, all of a sudden, it's like, hang on, is this guy being sarcastic? Is this, does he mean it? Is this guy being sarcastic or does he agree with me? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just leave it. It's unfair because it's um, taking as input the clicks that people are making and then figuring out which signals are being generated from those clicks and which signals it wants to amplify and then also dampen. So I have Google.com up in front of me and I'm gonna try to put this AI machine learning thing to the test. I'm going to type in the following words, (laughs) men can. And I see men can have babies, men can get pregnant, men can have periods, men can cook. 
do most people search for that stuff or what is the company doing internally? You know, people, people aren't searching for this. This is, this is literally coming from source of truth databases that they've selected represent the truth and that they are pulling this the information truth. from. And then we touch. Reminds, reminds me of that Lionel Hutz line, the, the late, great Phil Hartman, where, you know, he's sitting down, he's teaching Marge how to be a real estate agent, right? And she's sitting down and she's like, mm, shouldn't I be telling the truth? And he's like, yes, but there's the truth and the truth. <laughs> what about this place? It's dilapidated. Let's call it rustic. <laughs> try it again with, let's try this with women. Yes, Eva, you heard it right. Men can have periods. And can. Women, look see... at that. So you put men can in Google and it comes up. Men can have periods, <laughs> all kinds of shit. Women can, women can vote, women can do it, women can do anything, women can fly. Oh. I see women can vote, women can do it, women can do anything, women can be drafted. They can't, they can't have periods though, apparently. Drafted. Yes. That seems a little interesting. So all these examples are, um, are part of the social justice narrative, right? And so the sources of truth that ML Fairness is selecting from to amplify um, are saying these keywords. Yeah, good point in uh, the chat from Wordsmarter. We messed with the Hillary autofills in 2016. That's true because some very industrious entrepreneurial people on social media figured out how to game the system for themselves, which probably was a precursor to a lot of this stuff. Right? So I remember um, back in the day, years and years ago, Alex Jones managed to get, um, I forget which article it was now, but he managed to get it to the top of the Google search by, you know, the way that they presented it and getting certain people to retweet it and everybody was retweeting it and it became like the number one article. And they had like an online campaign, everybody click on this, click on this, click on this and got it to the top. So it's shit like that. Imagine if you're at Google and you hate Alex Jones and you see them gaming your system in that way, you, you, you would become a vindictive person at that point. You would be like, fuck these people. Fuck them. They don't believe in what fairness is. They don't believe in our vision of fairness. Let's fuck these people right up. This is our platform. Why are they manipulating our platform? Right? So they have to change the rules. They have to change the rules to suit themselves. And and so because that source of truth has been vandalized, the output of the algorithm is also reflecting that vandalism. Project Veritas also received a trove of confidential documents from within Google. This oh, document goody. is about algorithmic unfairness. Ooh. Ooh. I love I love company textbooks, don't you, children? This is my favorite stuff. It reads, quote, for example, imagine that a Google image query for CEOs shows predominantly men. Even if it were a factually accurate representation of the world, it would be algorithmic unfairness. There it is. There it is. Woo! Done. In their own textbooks. In their own textbooks explaining their own fucking software. You, you know, people have done this many times before. They put a uh, white man into Google and it's all black guys. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? White woman and they're all black? I don't understand. Because it, you said you saw the, the words themselves. If they put CEOs in and most of the pictures come up as men, even though it is factually correct, this would be algorithmic unfairness. Do you see the manipulation that's happening 
reality itself is wrong. That's the subtext to this. The subtext to this is Google, the most powerful and influential company in the world, believes that reality needs to change. They are literally trying to change reality, regardless of whether it is factual or not. And that should be fucking horrifying to people. Well, you put CEOs in Google Images, just because most CEOs are men, I mean, that would be unfair to show that most CEOs are men, even though it's factual. So we need to show it a different way. We need to present a different reality to be fair. What part of creating a false reality is fair? Can anybody explain that to me? Can anybody explain that to me? What part of lying to people and presenting a world to them which is not accurate, what, how is that fair to anybody? An inverted rainbow, says Ducks Regionist in the chat. <laughs> These people think it's fair to lie to you. That's their definition of fairness. To present an image of a world that doesn't exist. That's fair to these people. Unquote. And it's not just the opinion of somebody who works there. It's not just the guy who cleans the toilets or, you know, makes the coffee in the morning. It is in their own protocol textbooks. It is in their own explainer e-learning modules. That this is what we do. This is what it is. Presenting unreality as reality because we think it's fair to do so. Gaurav Gite, a Google software engineer, independently verified the thesis of this document. But then there are teams uh, which are called ML fairness. ML fairness, the teams? Fairness, like, yeah. you know, you need to be fair. Yeah. So they're trying to modify the model such that even if the data for a female CEO says... It's low. No, yeah, it's low. It's kind of balances out. It so balances out. These are the people who want to call you a science denier. These are the people who want to tell you that you are wrong. You are lying. It's fake news. You don't have the data. They are literally saying if the data says that there aren't many female CEOs, we need to manipulate the results to make it appear like there is. You science denier. Right? Fuck the data. Fuck reality. Fuck study. Fuck science. Fuck it all. It's unfair. Facts are unfair. Facts are sexist. That used to be just a meme. Facts are sexist used to just be a meme. Now the most powerful, most influential company in the world literally believes that facts are sexist. The, the meme has manifested itself into grotesque reality like a demon baby being spawned from the asshole of Satan. If you're looking for data on female CEOs, we need to present the false reality. What the fuck is wrong with these people, man? 
Google is broken. It is a broken company. It's a, it's a broken search engine. I, I, I See, this is the problem too. Kids doing research now for their little school projects are using Google, but the teachers fucking agree with the false reality anyway. So if you bring real data and real facts and real evidence to your little science project at school, you're probably going to be told that you're being unfair because you're helping to marginalise people in the fucking Congo or something. Insanity. This is a, a confidential document, correct? Yes. This is not a document that Google has come out and admitted uh, that this is their process. That's correct. Um, and in this in this document, it says, I'm going to read from it. In fact, in fact, if you brought this up without the document, they would say that this is a conspiracy theory. Wow. <laughs> so they, they wouldn't admit this publicly. They would never admit this publicly. Of course. If you bring their own documentation to the table, if you bring their own words, it's a conspiracy theory. It's a right. I did a YouTube video nearly a year ago where we analyzed a congressman, I forget which one, a Democrat from in the Northeast somewhere, was saying that social media censorship is a right-wing fantasy. It's a right-wing fantasy. And we broke it down. If you go on my YouTube, you'll see it. It's got fuck all views. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's called Social Media Censorship is a Right-Wing Fantasy. Check it out. This was a year ago. Oh, it's just conspiracy theory. And people can bring facts and evidence, say, look at all of this stuff, and they just wave you away. Nah, it's just a conspiracy theory. Don't listen to these people. It's fake news. Yeah, it, exactly, Crystal. Crystal's hit the nail on the head. It is a conspiracy. It's not a theory. It's a conspiracy. And like I said at the start of the show, you know, this, this video, this story is setting the internet on fire right now. And CNN, MSNBC, Huffington Post, New York Times, Washington Post won't even mention it. They won't even mention it to say that it's a conspiracy theory. They usually come out and say things like, James O'Keefe, it's doctored video, it's not accurate, it's not a representation, it's taken out of context, blah, blah, blah. They're not even doing that with this because they're like, we can't, we can't touch it. We, we, let's just pretend like it doesn't happen. Hope, hopefully he gets banned off all the social media platforms before we have to respond to this. In, in this document, it says, in some cases, it may be appropriate to take no action if the system accurately affects current reality, while in other cases, it may be desirable to consider how we might help society reach a more fair and equitable state via product intervention. This is what happens when social justice warriors educated by the 60s hippie retreads of the 1960s uh, come out of universities and rub their eyes and go off and work in the real world. The people who get these degrees, these social justice degrees from these liberal arts colleges, do not, and they're not working on truck motors. They're not sweeping streets. They're not digging ditches. They're not making fences. They're not flipping burgers. They are making coffee in a lot of cases, but putting that to one side, where do you think these people go? They don't just stop when university ends. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, they'll grow out of it. No, they won't. They're not going to grow out of it as long as people are paying them to keep doing it. So these big companies have all of these kinds of fucked up, made up positions for these people. Community engagement officer, diversity quota spokesperson, blah, 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 blah. Innovate, innovative diversity quota spokesperson conglomerate, blah, 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 blah. 
that's where these people end up. Social engagement supervisor, <laughs> right? Community outreach overseer. They end up in these companies and they start fucking with them. Um, there's a guy, I think his name's Charles Johnson. I could be wrong, so look him up. Don't bother using Google. <laughs> Use some other browser. But look up Charles Johnson. He makes money by shorting companies that hire uh, social justice warriors because he has a theory. He's got a formula that once a company starts enacting social justice policies into its own company, then it starts to lose money. It, it doesn't become as profitable. So he shorts these companies that make money. So if you're a company that makes like airplane parts and you say something like, in, or in, the, in the spirit of diversity, we are going to fire half of our airplane mechanics and hire women from, you know, the third world to do the same job, he starts shorting them. He's like, well, this company is going to lose money. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> right? No notifications? Ah, it happens. It happens. What do they mean by that? So what they want to do is they want to act as gatekeepers between the user and the content that they're trying to access. And so they're going to come in, they're going to filter the content, and they're going to say, ah, actually, we don't want to give the user access to that information because it's going to create a, a, an outcome that's undesirable to us. <laughs> So this was an internal only Google document, which says the goal is to establish, quote, a single point of truth for definition of news across Google products. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Ladies and gentlemen, the people who want to tell you that truth is merely perception and people's own personal lived experience cannot compare to that of somebody who has, dare I say, white privilege. You know, somebody who's got white privilege couldn't possibly understand the truth about racism. And there it is in their own internal newsletter. A single, we want to establish a single point of truth for definition of news across Google products. What is news? CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, Huffington Post, etc., etc., et al. Where will you not find this video even being fucking mentioned? I'll give you three guesses. Because <laughs> we have established a single point of truth for the definition of news. Don't forget their definition of fair and unfair too. Unquote. What, is this, what does this mean? Um, when they mean single point of truth, what they mean is alignment with the narrative. And so the narrative come, is manufactured Vice, yep. by... Fox. Um, establishment players. And Media matters. what they're looking to do is they're looking to boost authoritative content. agenda uh does the company make news decisions is that what i'm seeing in this document yes um this is describing what's happening within the, with, the, with google news would google have a problem if people saw this document yeah i think so why wouldn't google want people 
to see this document? Uh, the reason why is because um, right here um, in uh, some of these boxes, they're applying um, editorial, uh, their, their editorial agenda onto uh, the news sources. And if you were to expand that, you would see that there's a machine learning uh, fairness within these uh, algorithmic checks. And they state right here that it's for quality and extractability, but in reality, it's, it's, it's does it fall in line with their, um, with their agenda? And if it does it... See, here's the problem, and I think we might leave it there. And I'll, like I said, I'll tweet out the link for this video after the show. One of the fundamental problems here that we're dealing with here is it's it, this is beyond right and left. This this is corporatism. This is corporatism. This is a corporate behemoth, you know, enforcing its agenda. Now, I can totally understand, in all fairness, and let's be fair here, if I was a liberal, you know, a social justice warrior type on the other side of the spectrum, I would see the reality that's being manufactured by Google as reality. Because why would I question it? Because I genuinely believe that that's all, that's reality already. Like, I already believe that certain groups are marginalized. I already believe that certain things are fair and unfair. So why would I question the, the you know, the over the overarching story here from Google? Why would I question that? But we need to, we need to find a way to get it across that this is not just a conservative issue. This is a fundamental basic human experience issue that we're dealing with here. It is a search engine. If I'm looking for something, I should be able to find it. If I can't find what I'm looking for, even if it might be depressing to somebody, even if it might be quote unquote unfair, if I'm looking for accurate data on a specific topic, and I can't find it, then your service is rubbish. Your service is not doing what it says it's doing. Because I'm sure, just like there are there is there is political correctness on the right, just as there is on the left, and I'm sure that there are people who just want, you know, unfiltered access to their own living experience on the right, just as there would be people on the left. I do not want a corporation, a corporate behemoth deciding for me which reality should be more palatable. I do not want an unelected corporate body. I do not want an unelected corporate giant deciding for me which kind of world should be instead of the world that is. I don't want a corporate giant deciding for me which information I should be able to intake and partake in. You have not been selected for this role. I did not nominate you to be my watcher, my overseer. I did not nominate you to be my keeper. So get the fuck out of the way. Get the fuck out of the way. And I think that's something we need to do to reach across the aisle. At least try to break out of these constructed echo chambers. Because that's another thing too. They want us in our echo chambers. It keeps us occupied with with ourselves, not bothering the other people. So forget about the hardcore progressives. Forget, forget about the social justice warriors. They are merely the spawn of some kind of orgiastic corporate swingers party. 
they are the deformed babies of all of these corporations and, you know, ideologues getting together and screwing the pooch and popping out something that doesn't even resemble a thinking, living human being. <clears throat> Programmed shells waiting to be filled with the propaganda of their corporate overlords. So forget about them. They're lost to history. But for everybody else that's out there, right, left, if you are on the side of choosing for yourself, if you are on the side of freedom in that in the, in that small sense, then we're on the same side. If you are on the side of you want to experience reality as it is instead of the reality that a multinational corporation wants to foister upon you, then we are on the same side here. Because that's what it's going to take at this point. That's what it's going to take. And I'm generally skeptical about governments coming in and doing anything except fucking things up even worse. But I just, will this, will this kick off a new investigation? Will this kick off some kind of motion? Will this kick off some kind of drive from somewhere? Probably not. Probably not. Not unless we do it. Not unless we do it. And whether that means voting with our dollars, whether that means pressure, whether that means all the usual crap like petitions and stuff that nobody gives a fuck about anyway. I don't know what it means. But the first step absolutely has to be understanding. Coming to some kind of understanding. That this is what's happening. It's not fantasy. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is really happening right now. And if you don't want it to be happening, then you, my friend, are on the same side of this battle line as I am. With that, guys, thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button in your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to reach out across the aisle, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Tip of the hat, ladies and gentlemen, to Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. Fantastic work. Thanks so much. Absolutely brilliant getting this stuff out there. Um, we might skip calls tonight. We'll take calls again tomorrow night. I'll be back at 11 o'clock tomorrow night, uh, Eastern Time, 8pm Western Time. We'll have some more stuff for you. We'll keep an eye on this and see what happens. We'll see if anybody's going to talk about it. Until then, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. chat just now. Reddit just suspended Project Veritas. There you go. It's beginning. It's starting already. Reddit just got rid of Project Veritas. Let's hope that this is the straw that breaks the camel's back, shall we? Lest we all follow. Thank you, everyone. 
Thanks for joining us. Tomorrow night, we'll be back at 11 p.m. Until then, guys, have a lovely day. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye.